0: Welcome back to Can You Believe This? The weekly podcast that brings you humorous interviews with fictional but fascinating people while exploring all manner of topics. Sit back and enjoy. And as always, please leave your feedback along with any great ideas of your own on my Facebook page at facebook.ca forward slash podcast 1955. You can also send me your emails at comments at canyoubelievethis.com. In our first interview, we're going to explore the science of luck. Have you ever wondered if some people are luckier than you are? Is it just by chance that they seem to avoid problems and sail through life? Is there some sort of secret to luck? This has been a great unknown until now. We have with us today Dr. Martin Foundling
1: a world-renowned expert in luck. Hello, Dr. Foundling. It's a thrill, Peter. I felt extremely lucky when you called to invite me to the show. Well, it's my great pleasure to speak with you today. I believe you have a breakthrough to share with us. I do, Peter, but some history first. The idea of luck dates back thousands of years. As superstitious beings, we humans have tried to stay away from bad luck and instead create some good luck. We try to do this because we often feel that we have little, if any, control over our fate. How have we tried to do that, Doctor? Students often bring a lucky pen or piece of jewellery to exams. Gamblers bring lucky charms to the casino. And in Africa, people often would carry bags of mojo with them. There are many, many more examples. As scientists, we decided to see if luck was real. This sounds like a very novel idea. How did you go about doing this? Peter, first we picked a number of items that are most commonly used to try and get some good luck. Our team ran the numbers and chose rabbit's feet, a four-leaf clovers, horseshoes, a gold coin, and people of Irish descent. 100 people were randomly selected for the study and split up into groups of 20. Next, we laid out the tests that they would undertake. Each group received one of the lucky charms, except the Irish. They received nothing at all. Did you pay them anything? No, Peter. These were particularly superstitious people, and we told them it was bad luck not to take part. These tests were straightforward. The first required them to swim with sharks. Of course, if you could not swim, this was particularly unlucky for you. Next, they were asked to walk across a busy street blindfolded. This was followed by doing laps around a rifle range, and finally choosing from door number one, two, or three. Number three contained a prize, while the other two held something else entirely.
0: I'm eager to find out the results. It sounds like your experiment was extremely thorough
1: and well thought out. What can you tell us? No one carrying the rabbit's foot made it through. Horseshoes were next with five, seven with four-leaf clover, and ten made it through with a gold coin. However, all the Irish survived without a scratch. The results could not be more compelling. That's a fascinating outcome, Doctor. We were not surprised given the luck of the Irish, but we are scientists and excited with the result. We intend to publish our findings once we find an appropriate tabloid. There's no money in academic journals these days.
0: Congratulations to you and your team, Dr.
1: Foundling. I'll ditch my rabbit's but
0: It was getting a bit tattered anyway. May the force be
1: with you, Peter. And remember not to walk under any ladders. Then we're going to
0: Greenland to talk about a recent scientific breakthrough. Have you ever questioned where the radio programs, TV shows and music you listen to go after they end? You might think they're gone forever, but there is some fascinating news out of Greenland on this topic. I'm pleased to welcome Professor Malik Bernhardt to the program.
2: Thank you, Peter. My entire team was excited once they found out I would be your guest today. Although I am a little nervous speaking to such a large audience.
0: Don't be, Professor. I know our listeners are anxious to hear of your team's discovery.
2: Peter, our team was tasked with receiving radio waves from sources light years away from Earth. We operate the largest radio telescope on Earth. Or at least we like to think so.
0: I imagine it takes some patience, waiting for the signals to arrive here from deep space.
2: You have no idea, Peter. It can be years and the boredom so intense that we have to rotate personnel every three months. That's when the twitches and sporadic screams begin. Wait four months and these people are basically unemployable.
0: Now, I understand there has been a breakthrough at the listening station.
2: Well, one evening late last year, we began to receive some weak signals from the center of our galaxy. They were unlike any we had previously heard, and had a pattern that suggested intelligence beings produced these waves. We got together as a team and determined that these were aliens, and in fact, a possible invasion force. We alerted our government immediately. Did they take you seriously? So much so, Peter, that they closed our shores in case the invasion came by sea. The Navy launched all their longboats and placed lookouts every kilometer along the coastland. Should an invasion come... The government ordered fires lit at each post immediately upon any sighting. Once one fire was lit, the next post would light their own until everyone was alerted.
0: This sounds foolproof.
2: I'll admit, there were some downsides. Greenland has 44,000 kilometers of coastline, and it takes 15 minutes to light a fire. This means that it would take about 458 days to get the word out to everyone, (laughs) but we remained hopeful. However, to everyone's delight. Ayla Olson, one of our technicians, hooked up her old AM radio to the telescope's receiver and with a little work was able to tune into these waves. What happened next? Ayla was able to find some old radio station broadcasts, some of them 70 to 80 years in the past. These signals escape the Earth's atmosphere and radiate into space. But there is a problem. Given the result, the government of Greenland has shut down this telescope.
0: Was it the massive expense associated with preparing for an invasion?
2: Worse, Peter. Despite our best efforts, we could only receive big band music and some square dancing.
0: I feel your pain, Professor.
2: All is not lost, Peter. We have recently received private funding to build another radio telescope in hopes of retrieving some old TV shows. Gilligan's Island and Hogan's Heroes were favorites here.
0: You are clearly on the cutting edge, Professor. We are all pulling for you.
2: Tune in for more news from Greenland, Peter. (sighs) Turn that off, Ayla.
0: This concludes today's show. If you liked it, tell everyone you know. Come back next week for some more great interviews.